We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome into the Thursday edition of the Pack a Day podcast. I'm Steve Furhead, joined as always by Dusty Evely, Sarah Kelher. What's going on, kids? Nothing. Excited. Football. Girl. <laughs> I'm a man. Her. No yeah. crying. Oh man. <laughs> Football. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know how I can top that. I'm I'm pumped, but Dusty really had the entrance there. So. Trying to get my energy levels up so Steve didn't get mad at me anymore. I don't have to say I love you, so I'm doing just fine. I am doing just fine today. Right. As much as the Packers losing to the Chargers sucked, it was a small glimmer of light in my life of, hey, I don't have to look Dusty and Sarah in the eyes and be like, hey. It was the eye contact. What a small man, Steve. What a small, (laughs) small man you are. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and quote Jay Cutler, lean my head back and say, don't care. (laughs) I'm officially done with that. We will uh, see what transpires tonight. And if the Packers win, we will maybe find a uh, a new tradition. But for now, the I love yous are dead. You guys, uh, I like you a lot, but I don't love you right now. So, Thanks, Steve. Thanks, buddy. Eh, no problem. No problem. I can feel the uh, mutual likeness between the computers, so it's outstanding. It is snowing in Green Bay, Wisconsin in early, early November. So 
I just wanted to have a little fun to start this episode off because I didn't want to start off with the losing aspect of the Charger game. So they were uh, throwing some snowballs, having a lot of fun up in Lambeau. Uh, today there was Aaron, they had Aaron Rodgers had a snowball in his hand, and that just got me thinking, God, if Aaron Rodgers just torqued up and chucked a snowball as hard as humanly possible, like that would hurt so freaking much. So my mind starts going... Who in this world would you not want to get into a snowball fight with? Like, professional athlete, professional per- – you can take this wherever you want, but who would you not want to get into a snowball fight with? Because I've got a couple answers, and I know Dusty will fight me on these. So uh, let's let's start with you, Dusty. Who would you not want to get hit uh, by a snowball from? I, you know, I put some thought into this. I'm going, uh, we're going current, current athlete. I'm going to go uh, – I'm going to go Vlad Jr., uh, just because that dude, you know, his father had a gun. He has a gun. And also, he can, like, uh, he, he can... Oh, he can... oh, it, he has a strong arm. Okay. <laughs> that sounded really weird. I was like, oh, that's creepy as hell. He's got a gun. He's got a gun and a, a snowball. Can- he's oh, a God. cannon. He has a cannon for an arm. He has a strong arm. Oh, I feel like... he has a cannon. All right, all right, 80-year-old man. Yes, he has a strong arm. <laughs> And and he can move around a little bit, you know. I was thinking pitcher. I was thinking, you know, Verlander. Steve, you had brought up uh, Cole, which I think both of those are good. But you got that stationary position. I want someone who can move a little. And I feel like I was trying to think of the scariest thing I could think of. And I think uh, Vlad running at me with a head full of steam, just his arm cocked back, ready to just let loose. I I don't think I would survive. The snowball's going straight through my face. See, I like that one just because he can hit you from a distance. Like, yes. Even yeah. if you're, you're, you know, you're sitting out like 200 feet away, all of a sudden you're just getting pegged in the head with a snowball. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that that's for sure. That's a good. That's a good answer. I like it. Thank Sarah. You. So I went. My kind of thought process was more power. Who could just drill a snowball at me so hard that it would hurt? So I, my first thought went to Serena Williams. I think. She's just a very strong athlete and strong person, and if she were to throw a snowball at me, it would hurt really, really, really bad because she's such an incredible athlete. Um, so that's who I went with. There's that one video that's viral that's hilarious. That's, like, I think, like, a certain percentage of people said that they thought they could return a serve from her. Oh, my God. That's and it's, so like, dumb. it's her just, like, drilling <laughs> while our serves at them, and nobody can return it, and I'm just was thinking about that, and I'm like, her – putting all of her strength into throwing a snowball at me, not great. Would not want to be on the end of that. I saw a, I saw a Twitter poll of who thinks that they could uh, do a better job than Mitch Trubisky as quarterback for the Bears, and 50% of people said that they could do a better job than Mitch Trubisky. And I just want to say, whoever answered that question, yes, you could do a better job, you're stupid too. Unless you are actively a starting or at least a backup quarterback in the NFL, uh, that answer is no. Or your uncle Rico, or or Trevor Lawrence, or whatever. Like yeah, you, you, you got a, you got a couple guys. You got a couple guys. It, it should have been like a two percent answer, yes. or one percent yes. answer. But there's like fifty to seventy people that said that they could do a better job than him. That's just outstanding. So I wanted to say the person that I would fear being in a snowball fight is just like a dirty, dirty person, like a dirty player overall. And so I wanted to go past, and Dusty yelled at me beforehand, but. This is, it's just too good of an answer. I, I would not want to be in a snowball fight with Ray Lewis. I feel like there would be something packed into the snowball. Somehow there would be razor blades, a knife, um, <laughs> something, somehow. And, you know, 
like we talked about, he would be wearing like a, a white puffy coat and some white snow pants, and he'd be having a good time. And all of a sudden, I'd be hit in the face with a snowball that had razor blades, and I'd be bleeding everywhere. And so his his guys would come up, and all of a sudden, he'd be in a black coat and a black snow pants, and his, he couldn't find those anywhere else. You so, know, do you know the movie Hard Ticket to Hawaii? Are you familiar with that? It's a, it's, no. a, it's a terrible 87 movie. You may have seen the clip. The clip is they're playing uh, Frisbee. They're playing, like, you know, Frisbee on the beach. And one of the guys is, like, trying to kill. I think he's a spy or something. I don't remember. And he picks up Frisbee out of his bag that just has razor blades all over it. And then he throws it, and it cuts off the guy's fingers. It'd be like <laughs> that, but with a snowball. Look up. If, uh, you, if you haven't already, just look up um, Hard Ticket to Hawaii Frisbee. Uh, it's, like, maybe okay. 30 seconds long, and it's uh, – that's pretty good. Picture yeah, that, but with Ray Lewis and a snowball, I guess. Exactly. But I was told that that's, that wasn't allowed, right, because he was yeah. a present player. Yeah. So you went you went with an outfielder. I'm mm-hmm. going pitcher because I'll go local. I'll go Milwaukee Brewers and Josh Hader because the dude throws 97 to 100 miles an hour, a left-hander, and every once in a while he gets a little wild with it. He doesn't have the best control in the world, so you could be standing there and – one could fly right by your head, and you could do, like, the Nelson ha-ha, and then while you're doing that, you'd be getting hit in the face with a snowball. So. Yeah, you don't have any teeth anymore. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Or you have an impaled forehead, one of the two. <laughs> good that's, fun. Okay. Good. I like it. I like it. Um, all right, let's dive in. I don't want to do too much into this, but what was your reaction to the uh, – the stink bomb of the game versus the Chargers. Uh, Sarah, go ahead. I know you have had a long week with with school and everything, and this did not uh, put you in a better mood, but what was your reaction to the game? I hated it. It was ugly, and I'm glad that I never have to watch it again because I was so excited going into the game. I think my expectations were too high because I was like, oh, we didn't lose the whole month of October. We looked amazing. Now we're getting Devontae back. Like, our offense is just going to be off the charts, and it was just the opposite of that. And so it was kind of – it was not kind of a letdown. It was definitely a letdown. I think um, I think Aaron Rodgers said it was a slice of humble pie, and I think that is correct. And I'm glad that it is, they're going to lose. It, like, happened when it did and that maybe this is, like, a wake-up call that they shouldn't be so complacent about some things and – if that's what they need to do, then great. But I really hope, you know, we see what we were seeing more of in October this weekend again and that it's not like this phase and kind of, like, drought that they're going through. Um, so, yeah, I'm that was ugly. I did not like it. I did not enjoy it. But I hope that it was just a weird flute game and that they needed it to kind of, like, get their head back in it. Yeah, I think that that's about where I fall. It's a, it's a, it's a weird game. Um so it's, just, it's just a weird game. Uh, there was nothing in it that uh, – I talked about after the Eagles game where the, the worst losses are the, the ones that expose kind of a fatal flaw. In the Eagles game, they just got run all over on them, and that is that, – that, that still is a concern. But the, in this game, there's nothing like – you know, kind of going through it, and they, they just they just kind of got killed. You know, the tackles couldn't hold up, and it, it, it's, again, it's another one of those, like – did people figure out the the blueprint to beat this team? Well, not really because the Chargers have physical corners and not every team has physical corners and also bookend uh, pass rushers like Ingram and Bosa. Like, I think they had the right pieces. The Packers, for whatever reason, were not in the right state of mind or some guys just, just didn't get up for it or whatever the reason. Like, it's just, it was a weird game. It was a bad game. It was no fun. But I also don't feel... I don't feel as bad coming out of this game as I felt about the Eagles game. Because that Eagles game was, people are going to run 50 times against them, and they're not going to be able to stop it. This game was just 
sometimes these games happen. So it wasn't it wasn't cool. I didn't like it, but it didn't it didn't strike me as like overly concerning. Okay, that's fair. I mean, I think my biggest takeaway from the whole situation was barf. I don't know. I mean, like that was just it was just a complete s show the whole way around. Just false starts, stupid yeah. penalties. I mean, they shot their, themselves in the foot time and time and time again. And when you just don't allow yourself to be in, put in good situations, you're going to fail. And that's what they did. They did it time and time again. And I guess it's not super shocking that they lost in the manner that they did after, you know, rewatching the game. They just, they didn't. They they weren't prepared. They weren't ready. Just everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong. And I think Dusty and I both kind of tweeted out the same type of situation of every once in a while you're going to get punched in the mouth. Like, it is unbelievably difficult to go undefeated in this league. That's why it's only happened once in the history of the NFL. So you get punched in the mouth. You get back up. You look at the tape for a minute. Like I, I, my, my initial thought was toss the tape away. Just don't even look at it. Uh, I, I had one guy come back and me and say, no, nah, don't, don't toss the tape. And I kind of thought back, I'm like, you know what? You're, you're right. You don't toss the tape. You look at the tape, you analyze it, but you don't, do, you don't invest too much time in it and you move on. You figure out the things that they were better at you and why they were better at you then. And you try to figure those things out and you kind of move on and get ready for the next week. So, wasn't outstanding. I think the bigger question is how they respond this week. That is my bigger takeaway is to how is this team prepared? Because you've got this first time head coach and this is probably his, would you guys agree? This is the biggest adversity he's faced so far. I don't know. Probably. It doesn't even seem like it's that much adversity. Yeah. I mean, we've got nothing else to go. I mean, the Eagles lost, they were right there. Sure. This is like this is a technically this is like the blowout loss that yeah. he's had. It's not I great, guess. but it's I think a little bit, at least in my mind, some adversity that I thought was like was losing Devontae just because at that time I think we were so unsure of like what the other receivers were capable of. So I was kinda like, Oh, what's gonna happen with the offense? How are they gonna respond? And obviously they responded really well when he wasn't there. Um so that was for me, that was like I felt almost like a moment of not I don't know if I would even say adversity, but it was just like, what's going to happen? Who like I don't know. That, yeah, what, what adjustment are they going to make? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's and it's still a work in progress. I mean, I don't think that I don't think Devontae Adams was the crutch that some people thought he was going to be for Rodgers, but it, the the whole game plan was just shot. Like, <laughs> I mean, within like five minutes, it felt like. Well, I think they ran. What was it? They ran like twenty fewer plays in the Chargers. They constantly, I mean, they brought up the penalties, Steve. It was just, they'd pick up five yards on first down and then false start on second. It was always like these first and 10, first and 15, second and 10. It was these long distance. I mean, I went through and, and you know, watched it again a couple times. And they were successful when they were hitting, like, you know, as you should, second and fours, third and threes, things like that. It's just that especially early in the game, they just they weren't doing that. It wasn't, I mean, I've heard, I've heard the Devontae argument where they were better without him. Like, yeah, but that's not really the reason he had three pass attempts to Devontae Adams in the first half. It's not like he was only looking at him and that's what yeah. screwed him. No, they shot themselves in the foot a ton of different ways in the first half and just it just bit him again. Like, it just they weren't focused, 
it happens. There's nothing particularly concerning in that game that said, this is going to be a huge problem going forward. Oh, Devontae Adams should have been traded. Like, no, none of that's true. It's just the game sucked, whatever. So, uh, apparently the Packers wide receivers could not get open in that game, so I'm going to lead you guys right into this. Des Bryant is going to be available. Uh, He tweeted out, quote, I'm not trying to go nowhere and be a starter on a team. I want to contribute because I know I will be able to. I'm feeling good. In two weeks, I'm going to reach out and to teams and see what happens, dot, dot, dot. Let's go and the X. Like, don't get me started. There's some grammar issues there, and you, that, that always bugs me. But uh, I, I did a quote tweet, and I, I wanted to see what Nagler thought because, uh, you know, the whole <laughs> beef issue before. Uh, and I don't feel that he understands that I was joking in this matter because he immediately replied, and I got the Aaron Rodgers shush. Um, so I think I understand where Aaron is coming from. I want to make sure that all of you guys, this is, since this is all Cheesehead TV, I want to make sure all of Cheesehead TV is on the right path of we do not want Des Bryant on our team. I think it's a perfect fit um, because what the Packers <laughs> what the Packers need at the receiver position is speed. And Des Bryant at this stage in his career, burner, Steve, burner. No, no, don't. Don't, don't bring it. Unless everyone gets injured. And even then, even then, probably not. Um, no. The only time he – the only way he should be allowed to be on the Packers is if he admit that he didn't catch it. <laughs> and then they immediately cut him. <laughs> it's like the one-day retirement thing. It's a one-day signing. Like, admit <laughs> this on tape. <laughs> I mean, I would be on board for that. I, if we I, get, we'll yeah. sign him. It's like, we'll sign you as long as you tell us that, like – Legit, with the Packers' background and everything at the press conference, I didn't catch it. He's in the first press conference as soon as he said it. Gutekinson walks in and is like, "All right, it's been a, it's been a pleasure." But <laughs> I like that. I like that idea. I yeah, like I could totally get on board with that. Nice job, nice job. I like that. So we're going to continue on. We do as we do every single week. We are taking. Um, the current matchup, the Packers offense versus, and this week it'll be the Panthers defense. So uh, just kind of what we always do of the one thing you're going to be focusing on for the week and the game, what you see. Sarah, why don't you lead us off? I'll hit up next, and then Dusty will, you know, go into great detail. Yeah, so kind of touching on what we talked about a little before with the wide receivers and what was going on with them and Devontae being back, that's kind of where I'm going to be looking at. Um, I know that when the Texans played the Panthers a few weeks ago, Deshaun Watson did the whole thing where he broke down their defense in like 60 seconds in his post game, and it was super funny, and he was like, oh, basically we couldn't throw up the middle because of this, this, and that, and all that, and I didn't have a lot of time to throw the ball because they were pressuring us in that way. Whatever. Um, I just thought that was a funny reference, and it was when I was doing all my research that was coming up. That was like the first thing that was coming up every single time. But I'm really curious to see what our receivers do this game. I think we haven't seen them play a complete game with Devontae in the mix. I know before he got hurt, that Eagles game, we kind of started to see moments where other guys like were stepping up and kind of like we're like, okay, we could see where they could be a crucial part in the offense and play a big role, but. We never really saw that. Then Devontae got hurt. He was gone. Everybody kind of stepped up. So I'd really like to see them play a complete game, what that looks like with everybody healthy, 
Rodgers hitting all the targets he needs to hit and that he wants to hit, and basically just not what was happening last week. So that's what I'm going to be keeping my eye on. I am going to be looking at the uh, offensive line because their performance against the Chargers was offensive. Uh, Uh, Human laugh. Human laugh. Can can we take that stupid ass <laughs> comment that you just made, cut that whole thing out, and then just insert like a rim shot or something? Like I think I think that'd probably be more effective than your dumbass eh, laugh. Takes editing, Steve. I don't feel like doing it. Uh, of course not. Of course not. Dusty will go above and beyond for all the articles that he writes and all the videos that he creates. But I ask him. I ask him to insert one like four second audio clip. No, no. I downloaded like. 20 different slide whistle audio things for you, buddy. <laughs> Let's not go down this path. I've been there for you. I've done this. <laughs> okay. It doesn't really feel like it, but sure, sure, we'll go with that. Uh, but, yeah, I'm just looking at the offensive line. Like, the, the tackles had probably, like, Dusty, you said, pre-show, this was probably the worst they've played together ever, right? It's it's hard to think of a worse game from that. It's yeah. up there. It, yeah. If it's not the worst, it's it's up there for yeah. sure. So yeah, that's I want to see their bounce back. I, it, same thing I want to see from the offense, all that kind of stuff of how they react to this bad game, what Lafleur does game planning wise. I want to see their their bounce back. Like I, I mean, I think Elton Jenkins has been a freaking steal in the second round. Like I think he has performed above and beyond. I think he should be in the conversation for rookie of the year. But I want to see those tackles. I want to see them do do some things. I want to see Billy Turner up his game because there were a couple of plays where he legit just stood. Like as soon as the ball snapped, it was kind of like he got paid by the Chargers because he stood up and just watched people run by him. Yeah. And I and the same thing with Balaga. Like there there were there were plays you just looked at. And you're like, what the hell just happened? Like this he had been he's been playing in an all pro like all like all-star level the whole year. And then out of nowhere, just Joey Bosa shows up. He's like, man, just go ahead. Go hit Rogers. You're cool. It's all right. Don't worry about it. So I want to see those things. Um, I want to see the improvement from them. So that's kind of where I'm sitting. Dusty, uh, the floor is yours. Please feel feel free to uh, impress us with all of your uh, your, your research and your videos and everything like that, but but tell us what are you looking for in this game? What I'm looking for, and I didn't, I I, I dug deepish today. It's been a busy day, so I didn't get to go as far down the rabbit hole as I would like. Um, but kind of starting again with football outsiders, the Panthers have. I I, I knew that the Packers had or the, the Panthers had a good defense, or at least uh, that that that's been the assumption as I've kind of watched some of their games this year. Uh, so right now the Panthers have, per football outsiders DVOA, the third best pass defense in the league and a 32nd ranked run defense. 32nd. And it's, and it's bad across the board. Down and distance, situational, whatever you look at, they're rated as the worst or at least near the worst in essentially any metric you can look at, any way you want to splice this stuff. Uh, so I kind of want to look at that a little bit more. And before I go down that road, I do want to say football outsiders – takes uh takes into account the, the the their ratings is not yardage it's it takes into you know context and all of that and in fact the very first uh article that's ever written on football outsiders back in uh 2003 was basically debunking the concept of teams win because you know it's, it's kind of the old this person every time this person has 150 yards rushing they win the game well of course they do because they're pounding it in the second half 
to try to run the clock down. And essentially, you you uh, you run because you're winning. You don't win because you're running more often than not. But so that is taken into account. And even with that, the Panthers are bad. So uh, and I kind of want to one of the one of the things I want to look at with the big one I looked at was the uh, the Niners game this past year. Uh, where they absolutely housed the Panthers, and they did that by running, and they did that by running early. Uh, they, they and they were successful early. They ran for 232 yards in that game. 232 yards. That's that seems like a lot of yards. Uh, 126 of those were in the first half. So over 50% of those were in the first half. They weren't running the ball to try to drown the clock out. They're running the ball to win. Uh, and so that that seems like the formula here. They need to kind of set up and be not just set up. They need to be successful running the ball early. Um, and one of the ways they can do that is if you're looking at uh, at crap, I forgot this number. I didn't bring up this number. The Panthers are giving up, I believe it's 7.3 yards per attempt when running off right tackle. So Blug is going to have to step up that game. That's their worst area running, uh, run defense. So if the Packers want to look good, if they want to do something, it's it's 7 point something. It's over 7 yards of carry when running off right tackle. So definitely look for that situation. The other big one here is uh, red zone defense. So the Panthers, uh, and this, this some of this kind of tracks, you know, you're kind of looking at the run defense there. The Panthers are dead last in TD percentage in the red zone. They're allowing opponents to score touchdowns on 69.2% of trips to the red zone. Over their past three games, those three games are Tennessee, San Francisco, and Tampa Bay, they're giving up touchdowns on 81.8% of trips to the red zone. 81% of the time over the past three games that a team gets into the red zone, they score a touchdown. That's preposterous. That's absolutely terrible. Um, and it's not just rushing either. Their pass defense gets worse. In the red zone, their pass defense is the is 22nd ranked, again, down from third overall, and they're still 32nd in run defense in the red zone. And what Dusty, I, I don't know if you know this, but the yeah. uh, Packers are one of the highest percentage teams for the red zone trips uh, that oh, results in a TD. That's cool. I don't know if you knew that oh, for that's the entire season. That's weird that I was going to bring that up. That's really weird. Oh. That's Did I interrupt weird. you? Oh, that's so yeah, sad. I'm so sad. That yeah. I, guess, guess what? It doesn't bother me a bit, Steve. That's a good point, Steve. I'm glad you said something. Uh, they they are in the red zone, football players DVOA, 19th in passing, so not great. First in rushing. So by football outsiders, they're the best rushing team in the red zone on the season. And to your point, Steve, they are scoring touchdowns on 67.7% per trips of their trips to the red zone. They're scoring touchdowns over their past three games. Now, again, over the past three games, the Panthers are giving up touchdowns on 88% of opponent trips to the red zone. The Packers are scoring touchdowns on 87.5% of their trips in the red zone. So if the Packers can get running early, and again, look for that right tackle spot, if they can not just establish a run but be successful running the ball and kind of what we touched on earlier as far as some of the some of the game planning what killed them the Chargers, rush the ball, get yourself in favorable situations. That short yardage passing game against the Chargers was working when they were in favorable down to distances. So if you're picking up five yards on first down, that puts you in second and five, that makes you a little more, more, a little more unpredictable. And if they can drive down the field that way, if they get to the red zone – it, it kind of looks like easy money. I don't want to say that, you know, because, you know, I don't want to jinx anybody. But if they get to the red zone, which I believe they will, they can they should be able to score touchdowns pretty easily. So focus on, the, on this game is uh, get that run game powered up, buddy. Get Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, get them back there working. I'm, I mean, you'll hear no arguments from me. I think Aaron Rodgers came out and said that they were – in the ideal world, they would be looking to get Aaron Jones 15 to 20 touches of the football and Jamal Williams 10 to 15 touches of the football per game. 
I'm all about that. That's uh, that's some smart smart planning right there. Can we talk for a minute too about how just how awesome Jamal Williams has been this year? Really yeah. stepped up his game. Really, really I good this I, I absolutely agree. I I really thought that he was a complimentary piece at best before the season started, and I will eat crow. I will do what like I was completely wrong. Like. That dude is balling out. He wants to be on the field as much as humanly possible. And he, anytime he gets the ball, he is just a freight train of a man. Like, mm-hmm. you are not going to get me down unless you bring your A-plus game, which, I mean, that's just so much fun to watch. Like, to have somebody like that on your team, love it. Mm-hmm. Good. I'm glad we've got that out there. All right, let's get to the fun part of uh, score predictions for the game. We all went with the Packers over the Chargers, and that that did not end up well. So Dusty and I are both sitting at seven and two, and Sarah is one game behind at six and three. We still have not decided on a wager for this prediction uh, part of the, the game, but uh, Dusty, you did have somebody reach out to you, and apparently, uh, if the win streak would have continued, what did they want me to do? And if the Packers won the Super Bowl, uh, they wanted uh, they wanted you to get a tattoo somewhere on your person that said "I love Dusty and Sarah," <laughs> which I think we talked about that last week, and we don't have to do it. But how we were going to have to kind of steadily escalate this—you did the eye contact, and what was going to come next? What yeah. was going to come next? That's the natural escalation point, really. Yeah, right after yeah. eye contact comes the tattoo. Like it, <laughs> it's going to jump right away. <laughs> Just let you guys know, I don't do tattoos at all. Well, you won't, ha- clean, you won't have. I am to a now. clean canvas. You won't yeah. have to now. Luckily, you can stay that way because you lost. But and especially, I can't stress this enough. If the first tattoo I ever got said "I love Dusty and Sarah," I think my wife potentially could have divorced me. Like, I think there could have been an issue there. What, Dusty? Well, I guess Dusty can be a girl's name, too, because of Dusty Springfield. Yeah, probably not a good look, Steve. Probably not a no, good No, not at all. Now, the other question would be, where, if this was my first tattoo, placement-wise, where should that have gone? Right in your butt, probably, right? I was going to say, you know where. That was actually, actually going to be my thought, is one butt but, cheek, or, so I never or, had to see it. Or lower back. I don't care <laughs> which. Tramp stamp. Yeah, like in really nice cursive. You know, something tasteful, Steve, right? right here, like, oh, right. yeah. Well, the tramp stamp's worse. The tramp stamp's worse, <laughs> I yeah. I agree. I would have been like Ted Mosby getting a butterfly tattoo. I don't understand the reference. Oh, Jesus. You don't know how I met your it's mother? It's not just me. No. It's not just oh, me. Oh, absolutely, absolutely not, Steve. One you time never... I watched, I watched like 10 minutes of that show, and I was like, oh, I heard the ending good. to that show sucks. It did. It, I, you are absolutely right. It, I also uh, heard most of the rest of that show sucks, so that's why I didn't watch it. <laughs> hey, Dusty, why don't you shave your beard again when you look like Homer Simpson? I'm sure I will on an accident. Mm-hmm. Don't you worry, buddy. It's coming mm-hmm. sooner or later. Mm-hmm. Whatever, Jack is. Sarah, why don't you give us your score prediction? I have Green Bay bouncing back, winning the game this weekend, 24-17. Right, Dusty. Yeah, that's pretty close to mine. Um, I've got at. Well, I would like to go higher. I'm not going to go higher. I'm going to 28-17. Um, I think you know by establishing the run, obviously you're going to run a little more clock off, a lot of clock off. So I do think they're going to do well. I think they're going to. I don't know. 
not dominate, but I think they're going to turn in a good showing. Uh, so, yeah, 28-17 I'll go. I've been flip-flopping on this the whole week because uh, Christian McCaffrey scares the living hell out of me. Like, yeah. the man is just pure, pure yardage production. And, I, like, in my head I can't figure out how he doesn't how he doesn't accumulate 250 yards total between receiving and rushing. And scares the hell out of me. And I told you guys beforehand I was leaning towards the Panthers, but – I, I love the Packers too much. I got, I'm just I have to go Packers. I'm gonna go 27-24 because I feel like Christian McCaffrey is gonna get them three touchdowns uh, and the, he'll get them close. But I think the the defense will hold up with a bend don't break type of mentality, and I think the Packers can do enough with Devontae Adams back for a second week and kind of working that offense together. So. We will all take a Packers victory. I like it. That should should hopefully uh, get us right into the bye week. With that would be what in an eight and two going into the bye. That would be outstanding. That would be outstanding. So mm-hmm. Sarah uh, pointed out something to us that we kind of wanted to have a little fun with before we end the show of uh, the Popeyes chicken sandwich because you know obviously we have to talk about food on this podcast for five minutes as well and. Apparently, there was the first murder over a chicken sandwich this week. Um, seriously, I mean, it's a WTF moment because I can't swear on this podcast, but oh my God, somebody got killed over a chicken sandwich. So it led me to believe, like, think about the question, what food would you murder somebody over? So, Sarah, you apparently had this all like triggered in your head, what is the one food that you would actually kill somebody for? All right. Well, let me correct (laughs) what's happening here. Because when we talked about this pre-show, I was like, that's a little extreme. I don't know if I'd ever, actually, I know that I would never murder someone for food. So let's Uh, make that. Okay. Do you hear Dusty's (laughs) and I, our eyes are rolling (laughs) so freaking hard. Just answer the question. What is Sarah. what is so something? What hands with what's the kind food. of food that you would punch someone in the throat for, and then leave them on the side of the road, like, gasping for air? That okay. the, who, what, who who would you do for that? I for my pick for this, I said the Cheesecake Factory mac oh and cheese. God, those <laughs> things are amazing. Sometimes when I go there, I don't even order food. I just order. Dusty, can you cut her off? She no. just answered with the cheese. Arby's factor. Deluxe Roast Beef. <laughs> <laughs> the cheese, the back. <laughs> oh, you just got a snort out of me for that. That's outstanding. <laughs> the mac and cheese balls from there are amazing, and you're wrong and dumb if you don't like them. Have you ever had them? Well, those are pretty good, but have you ever been to a little place called Applebee's, Sarah? <laughs> they have got some jams. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if you know this normally they'll have one dollar <laughs> Long Island iced teas because they can't get anybody to come to the restaurant I will, I will Cheesecake Factory isn't a good restaurant I will say that their mac and cheese balls are very very good but also man you can you can get Cheesecake Factory like Sweet Jesus, I can, sir, you need to live a little bit and go I can, out of the... I can drive, what like, kind of 20 minutes and just cheesecake When I factory. eat at Cheesecake Factory, that's me, like, living lavish. Like, that's a good freaking day in my book because usually I'm eating, like, pasta 
and rice. Minute you rice. still like, have parents, and I'm pretty sure uh, they've flown you to Green Bay to go, like, so you can, can go you to Packers game. Twelve dollars. I'm pretty for some sure they've cheese. taken you to a nicer restaurant than the Cheesecake Factory. Let me live my life. <laughs> I, I could have said, I could have said, like this nine ounce bone in steak, and you would have been like, that's pathetic and basic, and you like that. You would have roasted me no matter what I said. No, your answer for the best food in the world is the Cheesecake Factory. No, I said it was food that I would get pissed off and fight someone for. I never said it was like my favorite food in the world. <laughs> Good God, Duffy! Please, like, take over because she just—it's uh... uh, called a McChicken. Uh, it's got <laughs> day-old it's lettuce. Chicken sandwich. It's, it's uh, okay. So mine—I actually didn't have to think about this too hard. Um, there is a place outside of Portland, Maine, at at uh, Two Lights, at the um, the lighthouse, the Two Lights Lighthouse out there, called the Lobster Shack. It's right on the ocean. Uh, most of their seating is outside, so you've got picnic tables outside, and the ocean, like, is crashing up on rocks, uh, and they have the best lobster roll in the entire world. It's legitimately, like, six or seven bucks or something like that. Um, oh, I hate lobster. It's absolutely incredible, um, and I would, I would, I would Are you going to fight Sarah now? Because I, I would things. fight Sarah. I would, uh, I would at least, you know, maim someone. Seriously, maim someone because we we drove up there. It's a long drive. Uh, Portland, Maine. Anyway, if you haven't been up there, is an incredible city. Love. I spent a couple weeks up there. It's amazing up there. Um, but that lobster roll was incredible, and I'm not going to fly up there uh, because it's expensive and it's like a 20 hour drive to get up there. So those are the lengths I would go to for that. If someone said, "Hey, this guy right here." You can like take his livelihood from him this minute and instantly have one of those. I would say yes. I will. I will. I will do that. Oh I will. I will do that for this sandwich. Steve, what about you? So, Sarah, apparently you don't know me at all because I'm going to talk about a steak and how amazing it is. But uh, I used to live in Chicago uh, for about six or seven years, and one of the best restaurants I ever went to was Shaw's Crab House. Um, downtown and you could get a filet mignon which was outstanding but you could get an oscar style so you would get crab meat asparagus and bernays sauce on top of it and the with some mashed potatoes as well and the combination of the whole thing like all at once is oh my like yeah i'd probably stab somebody in an alley for that i it, it was outstanding it was one of my my favorite meals of all time like we would try to recreate it at home, and it's never quite the same, obviously. But, uh, yeah, if so if you ever see a steak that says Oscar style, go for it. Add the extra, like, $12 onto your steak and have an outstanding meal. Just stab someone in broad daylight for that. Who cares about an alley, Steve? Just stab them wherever they are, you know? I'm with you. Apparently, Sarah just wants to, like, um, you know... Gently shove somebody outside the Sarah, cheesecake. Factory. Sarah would lightly insult a man to his face for cheesecake balls. <laughs> cheesecake balls. Cheesecake balls actually do sound pretty good. Oh, they're mac and cheese. Yeah, but I am also saying that cheesecake balls sound good. <laughs> it's the mac and cheese balls at the Cheesecake Factory. Justin. I think part of it, too, why I like them so much is because for some reason growing up, like, my mom just never 
let my brother and I have mac and cheese because she was like, it's so unhealthy, blah, 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 blah. And when I got to college and I was like in the dining hall freshman year, they always had mac and cheese. And I was just like, no one's here to stop me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You're like, adult moment. Like I was like. I can do whatever I want now. Who's going like, to stop me? I can <laughs> have as much mac and cheese as I want. Some people it's like cookies or candy and Sarah's like, let me just pound this mac and cheese as much as possible. That's Who's going to tell me no? That's me though. Like when I go to like a cookout or a barbecue, there's always like a side of mac and cheese and I'm like, yeah, more of that. More well, of that's that. a plate full of mac and cheese. I'm like, Sarah. I got to up for like the 18 years I didn't get mac and cheese like right now. So. Listen, dude, I, I had homemade mac and cheese this past Tuesday and I absolutely destroyed it. So I'm with you. I'm a big mac and cheese person. But just kill, not, kill, not kill from the cheese face. Well, well, but I mean, they do, they fry them. So they are really good, but I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't risk going to prison for that. No. I mean, you can get those anywhere. <laughs> you can get those in prison. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Kill a man for something else. Go to prison and get the, 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 the mac and cheese balls there. I bet Uber <laughs> Eats would deliver those to prison. <laughs> what I was saying before pre-show when we were talking about this <laughs> was that guy killed someone for a sandwich. But then he never got to eat the sandwich. Like, you know, it's not like he just sat there afterwards after he stabbed the guy and was like, oh, I'm just going to eat my sandwich real quick. Like, no, he got arrested and went to jail, and he's probably never going to eat the Popeye's chicken sandwich. So if he you beat somebody into, like, into their life, you're still not going to get the mac and cheese balls. There's ways you could, though. <laughs> Let's not be hasty. Make sure you place the order first, then beat them. In the okay, Sarah, I want to let you know Steve is never letting this go. Steve will call you mac and cheese balls for the next three podcasts, like at okay. the intro. Right now, I can tell you that Anything right now. Everything that I say, he never lets go. So it's always like a three-week linger, and then he finds something else, and then it, like, transitions. You guys are just making stuff up at this yeah, point. Yeah, this is, this is your something else. You called me Reverend for, like, a month. <laughs> And I let that go because <laughs> I didn't say anything else that you that you could latch on to. Yeah, I, I got nothing right now. I got no other nicknames for you. Uh, okay, I mean, I, we, we're off the rails for sure. So mm. let's uh, let's dive into closing thoughts because I've got nothing for once. So Sarah, go ahead, and then we'll let Dusty uh, pimp all of his like seven thousand articles. Yeah. Okay, so mine is non-Packers related, but. Um, I'm sure some of you that listen or follow me on Twitter know that I work for a nonprofit company and we develop 3D printed prosthetics for children and provide it to them at no cost. And it's a really awesome cause. It's called Limitless Solutions. So if you don't know about it, you should definitely look it up. But tomorrow, in, so currently Goldman Sachs holds a um, nonprofit Goldman Sachs Gives competition every single year. And they have like thousands of applicants from all over the world and they pick a top six to be like the finalists. And so my company that I work for is one of the top six and um, you can win up to $250,000, which would be a ton of money for us to help fund these children, get these arms for free and help fund a lot of like our R and D when it comes to this stuff and for our clinical trials. So tomorrow is the live final round. And if we place in the top three, we can get like huge amounts of money that would be really helpful. Um, so if you see me retweet or post anything about it, um, social engagement and all of that like counts in the competition. So definitely like like or retweet. That would be awesome. It's like my heart and soul and I love working there. So definitely if you see anything, um, thank you, thank you, thank you in advance for like liking it or anything and keep your eye out for that. 
that's my closing thought. Very, very cool. So yeah, make sure, yeah, we will uh, tweet that out a lot because I, I will, I will like it. I will retweet and make sure that uh, everybody who's listening does that as well because that's really cool. Uh, Dusty, what you got? Yeah, I got um, as always, but three articles, three articles this week. Um, uh, one came out yesterday. Recording this, but I guess it's coming out on Thursday, but it came out on Wednesday. That's on uh, my favorite pressure. So once again, it's kind of a, a zone blitz that I saw with the delayed rusher. I believe the delayed rusher was Chandon Sullivan. That went off a Packer report. Kind of dove into a little bit more of the history of the zone blitz, kind of uh, LeBeau and, and Bill Arnsparger, and kind of how that was how that was born, why that was born. Just just kind of. Uh, you know, going through the history of the league and where the passing game was and where defenses were at the time with the blitz and, and why that was so revolutionary and then applying that to a play from this past week. So uh, that was up yesterday. Today, later today over on Cheesehead TV, I'll have my big uh, passing chronicles. And I did something a little different this week. I took, um, I think I think I covered seven plays in total and five of those were this kind of how the Chargers uh, were able to throw the Packers off, uh, you know, the long down distance like we talked about, but basically using a combination of just disruption and pressure and, and how that threw a wrench into what the Packers were trying to do in the passing game. So I dive into that. That was, a, um, I think, a really interesting look, at least for me anyway. I hope other people find that interesting as well. But just kind of how, how some of that pressure that we talked about, but even beyond that, uh, just some of those corners being physical and just wrecking some of those route concepts, kind of how that played into it as well. So that'll be up today. And then Friday, I've got a deep, uh, deepish dive into another play over at uh, Packer Report that eh, I'm now blanking on precisely what that was. Uh, but it's a good one. It's a <laughs> good one. I can promise you that. Uh, so... Yeah, oh, no, 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 it's about depth of, depth, depth of routes, that's what it was, it's a, it was a curl-post combo that, it was actually the touchdown to Jamal Williams, um, and, and the, the touchdown itself is kind of cool, because you get Rodgers kind of looking off and pump faking a guy to open up that opening, but the actual concept itself is this kind of curl-post, uh, and it's kind of this thing I'd harped on McCarthy at for so long, is if you don't get those depth of routes right, if you don't get the safety to uh, force to come up on that curl, you're not going to open up the post. And that's something the floor has done so, so well this year has been that depth of route stuff. So uh, I dive into that uh, quite a bit, and that'll be Friday over on Packer Report. So that's um, that's my stuffs. Three articles. Uh, I think, um, you know, a bad week overall for the for you know the Packers losing, obviously. But really interesting week to kind of look at what, what didn't work, why didn't it work, and also some things that did work. So it's just a, a different kind of week, but a fun one, I think. Actually, something popped up for me, so I will. Uh, I I kind of want to do this with Dusty, and not really with Sarah, because I I already know the answer to this question. But, uh, no, like there, like no. This is no offense to you. Just today is the anniversary of the Antonio Freeman overtime catch, where it mm. bounced off like fourteen people. It hit his shoulder, and nobody thought it was a touchdown, but the game winner came up. So I was just a. Uh, where were you when that happened, Dusty? Because we know Sarah was in diapers at that point. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this is true. This I, so I, I, I mean, I couldn't really ask like Sarah. Do you remember that? No. <laughs> I mean, come on. That was but Monday. Um, it was a Monday night. Yep. We're watching that probably at my parents' house. I'd imagine mm-hmm. with my brothers. Um, yeah, sitting in the family room watching that game. I remember at the time thinking, okay, they didn't they didn't blow a whistle. He's getting up. He's running. I can't believe. I can't believe that he caught that. I can't believe there's a way that he caught that because that first angle, it's got the, the resting on the shoulder, and then he flips. And like, I can't – that had to have hit the ground, right? That had mm-hmm. to have. But he gets up and runs, and he has the, that last little juke, the little in-cut juke that I really, really like a lot. And they show the second angle. They're like, oh, holy crap. No, he actually caught that. So, yeah, uh, probably uh, parents' living room with my brothers. Oh, 
I remember I was at college and I was watching it with a couple of Vikings fans and all of all of them were like, No, no, he it didn't no, it didn't happen. No, he was down. Like he he didn't catch it. It hit the ground, it hit the ground and I still remember the pure shock and like frustration. It still is one of my favorite memories of all time. It just, it it was it was so cool. It was just a good time to be to be a Packers fan, and uh, I will always remember that one. So um, that should wrap things up for us, guys. We will be back next week on a bye week. I'm not really sure what we're scheduled to talk about. I haven't looked that far ahead, but. Uh, we will be we'll be back talking some some dumbass stuff I'm sure and making fun of Sarah for being eight years old when all the fun Packer stuff happened. But uh, it's sure make sure to follow us all on Twitter. You've got at Dusty Evely, at Sarah Kelleher four. Make sure you guys definitely pump up that limitless stuff. That'll really be cool to help her out with. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Steve Perhatch and as always at Packaday Podcast. So. Make sure you guys follow us there, and please interact. We w- we do want to know the food that you would murder somebody over for. I I especially want to know that kind of stuff as long as as long as it's not um, you know some basic ass restaurant that you're requesting it from. But Oof. you know, Sarah's only two, look, you're 21. You haven't lived that much. It's okay. We understand. <laughs> she's just not paying attention. Yet. I know. It's either she's frozen or she's really pissed off at us. Oh, no, I was just me, me. possible because I was like giving you the cold shoulder. But. <laughs> Sometimes Sarah wonders why she does this podcast. With I'm us. not mad. I'm just disappointed, right? Isn't that hey, me too. So are we. <laughs> oh no, does Sarah have news? Is she a, is she becoming a parent already? No, <laughs> no. Yeah, that's Put definitely that a good place to end this podcast. Put that on the record. No, no, no. So, well, thank you guys for listening. We always appreciate it. We will catch you next week. Hopefully, uh, an eight and two record going into the bye. So, thank you for listening. We will talk to you guys next week. And as always, go pack, go. <laughs>
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.